Hey everybody, welcome to Kirk and Off, a weekly podcast where my cousin and I talk about Kirk Minahan and the happenings inside of his world. My name's Buddy, he's Blind Mike's Daddy, Blind Mike's Daddy, say hello. We're going to the moon. Oh yeah, you spent a couple hours on Robin Hood again today? Yeah, I'm just trying to keep up with it. I have no idea what I'm doing. But <laughs> I don't even have stocks, right. I'm an idiot. I'm, yeah. I'm too dumb for stocks. Um, so, pretty good week of shows, what did you think about Monday? Uh, Monday was a good show. Somebody ma- made a call into the show whose name is not Blind Mike's Daddy. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that briefly. Yeah, I tried. I just tried uh, to get Sporty to come out. I tried my best, but but um, Kirk played. He definitely played along. Cause I yeah. I asked about uh, the the keys to Brady's winning his next Super Bowl. Right. Um, which was keep Mahomes off the field. So I think if he does that, Brady will probably win. Yeah. Um, you got anything to add? No, I mean uh, I thought. I thought Monday's show was cool. It was, we had Mike in the studio again, and then Kirk right, went right away to taking calls, and uh, mm-hmm. not many of us were prepared to call into the show. I was out to eat that day, so I was a little disappointed that I didn't get to join in on that fun. I saw I saw the post with 52 seconds posted, so I knew I was going to get on. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I, I was fucking all over it. Um, yeah. You want to say anything about, about your, uh, how you feel about all these Brady lovers? Um, you want to keep that off the podcast? I mean, we could talk about it, but everybody has an opinion. But I think there's a lot of fake Patriot fans out there. You can love Brady, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm loyal. You leave the team, you're dead to me. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, know. he's a great. Maybe Same. I look back on it and think he's awesome, just like people look back on Jordan. Of course, yeah. We weren't Bulls fans, but but you leave the team, you're dead to me. You know. That's yeah, that's it. Yeah, it I, I, I try to be my, loyal to my team. I only it. want my club to win, and like then when exactly. you leave my club, I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want you good don't, things to happen to you. Yeah, that's you, just you, it. Like, like nobody's spiteful enough, you know. Yeah, plus they don't get it. you look at it, it's like, all right, so you know, last year Gronk wasn't around, and all of a sudden Gronk comes back. It's like, what? Like, I, I know, know, but so. he only wanted to play with Brady too. Like, which yeah, I don't blame Brady a guy was, for that, dude. Uh, no, I understand. No, I understand the whole thing. No, I get the whole thing. I hate that. I hate that it's a, a nail against Belichick. That's the part that gets me because he's well, my guy. Well, that's you know, that's his legacy is definitely on the line. I mean, he 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 performed well with what he had, but now he has to prove like that it wasn't just Brady. <laughs> he yeah, has to know. show that he is a coaching genius. So this is make or break for Belichick next couple of years, in my opinion. Nobody nobody wants to hear us talk about this. No. <laughs> what did you think about Wednesday? Wednesday was oh, good. oh! The big news was Steve Zalaire guys retiring. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, I I put it out on Twitter. I don't think he needs to retire. I think you know, sometimes I would, you know, just take me as an example. Sometimes I would just call into the show to call, just to get you know the the blind like daddy voice out there. But sometimes it's just you just have to sit back. You don't have to pump out a song every time. There's plenty of other people that can make songs. There's plenty of other people that make calls. Just just let it come to you. You'll just be sitting there one day, and a fucking song or a call comes to you, and you just, you know, it's the next greatest thing. Some of my, like I've said it before, some of my best calls have come out of nowhere. So, I hope he doesn't retire. I hope he just steps back and then comes out of retirement, just like MJ did back in '95. So we'll see. Was that the year? <laughs> yeah, I've been watching that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Um, <laughs> so. Um, what do you think? I so anyway, sorry. So I saw this other take about it. I saw, uh, did yeah. you see Red from Maine's take? 
No, I that, can't. So, I can't keep up with this shit. Yeah. So, so Red yeah. said I should have pulled up the tweet, but I didn't. I'm sorry, yeah. Red. Right. Mm-hmm. Red basically was like, "Yo, he the whole thing was a troll job. Like he's not going away. Like because yeah. he because he just literally just shit on everybody. Like on the way out too. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so maybe he's you know maybe he is taking a break, but but hopefully hopefully not for long. Yeah, take a break and come back with the fucking fire hit. You know. I know, yeah. Just fucking eviscerate everybody. Oh, I haven't. I I didn't hear Warden of the North song yet. I'm sure that's fucking fire. That's on Friday show. Um, oh, excuse me. I, I think know, that made only... Jared laugh, right, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm only I'm only halfway through Friday show, so I haven't heard it yet. But I'm oh, sure yeah. that fucking smacks because he, he, I, I don't know, think I'm he's ever save... missed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to save some for tomorrow. Oh, excuse me. Uh, last thing before we get to the news. Um, I'm not a wrestling fan. You are. How how did Harry Minahan do today? I thought he did great. I. I there's something about having him on the show, like I, Kevin kind of encapsulated it with his tweet, but it makes you, I don't know, I just, I mean, it puts a smile on my face. There's no other way for me to put it, like hearing him and the interaction with his dad and Jared, it just. I meant his picks, I meant his picks. Oh, his picks. Yeah, yeah, get serious. <laughs> Kirk's going to kill you for that. <laughs> um, his picks, I, what, who did he pick, Edge? Do they? He's, yeah, I think, I think so. I, I I don't know. I know he said Hornswoggle. He, he's oh, he's Hornswoggle. a he's a good little wrestling fan. That's what you're supposed to be at eight years old, you know. Yeah, and or whatever I, age I appreciate is. it. Yeah. He hates the bad guys and, and likes the good guys. Um, I think we need to get to something. Oh, you want to get to the news? That's right. All right. We interrupt Kirking off to find out what's been going on in the minifan world with Andrew Augustus. Lest you think this is farcical. I'll tell you it's not. An attempted retirement, Justin vs. GVE, and the Kirk Minahan Show returns to the Dozens Trivia. I'm Andrew Augustus, and this is the Kirkinoff Minifan News. A shock to the Minifan world this week as the Steve's a Liar guy attempted to retire from making parody songs. The man who brought us such classics as Mike's Mom's a Milf, Colinane, and Abdul Siamiang Singmong was Kirk's roommate, sent a letter into the show announcing that he was done with parody songs. However, Kirk refused to accept the retirement and told the Steve's a Liar guy to take the time he needs in hopes that he'll be sending in a new song when he is ready. The attempted retirement has caused some strife in the Minifan world as intern Justin referred to the GVEEE guys as kind of like morons as they were criticizing the Steve's a Liar guy for saying that he bailed as soon as he got some criticism. Head of the GVEB says hopefully Justin will reconsider an issue of apology similar to what he did to the guys with all in the Minute family. The Kirkenhoff News team will be following the developments to see if the further strife will continue. Steve from Providence has gone under the radar and disappeared pretty much as people are wishing his well wishes in hopes that he will come back from this illness. However, the Kirkenhoff News received a decent signal that Steve may not be as sick as he leads on, but rather went on and eloped with Smugsy and is currently on their honeymoon in the Portuguese Riviera known as Fall River, Massachusetts. When asked about the current situation, Decent Signal partner and co-host Tim and Canton said, quote, no comment, except it's all true and a dead animal scarf was used during the consummation of their marriage. We are awaiting comment from Steve. Friendly continues to show a lack of awareness to the show after another tongue lashing from Kirk after the CEO reached out to the show and attempted to play along, and it's obvious that he doesn't listen because that's what Kirk would hate. In an attempt to help, Smith's Country Trees tweeted advice to the restaurant, but it appears that Friendly's is on the outs as Kirk and Carabas are now putting their restaurant-saving efforts into Papa Gino's. 
Lastly, on Wednesday's show, it appears as if a fart was let go by either Steve or Kirk. After further investigation, Kirk's desk took the blame for the mishap, as Kirk and Steve have continuously denied the passing of the gas. And we would like to welcome to the sponsor world Books.com and Cuts Clothing. Be sure to show your support for them as they continue to show support for Podcast Jesus. In the competition world, Jeff D. Lowe has confirmed to Kirkinoff News that Monday will be a recording of the Kirk Minahan Show team versus Frank and the Frankettes, featuring Frank the Tank Fleming, Nick, and KB. The KMS team is feeling strong going into the competition despite facing notorious cheater Frank the Tank Fleming. I've heard Steve say that we have to respond by cheating. No, no, we win clean. We win because we're the better team. I know nothing about this guy. I mean, I've seen the videos, and I don't know how much he cheats or doesn't cheat. Jared, we talked about this earlier. Jared said he's a big-time cheater. Big time. So, I mean, you know, if we see it, we'll call him out on it, but we're here to win. If we play our game right, they're not going to be this. And by the way, here's a, here's a scoop for you. Jared said this is a bye week. We're going to walk over this team. As Jared says, it's going to be easy. We will see if KB's day work or Nick's day job as a bike mechanic will cause either of them to be too tired to properly perform during the trivia competition. I'm Andrew Augustus for Kirkinoff News. As always, send any news tips to at Andrew Augustus or at Kirkin underscore off. And now back to Buddy and Blind Mike's daddy. Thanks, Andrew. Like, I think this is everybody's new favorite segment. Of, like Everybody just turns in for the news, not Blind Mike's daddy. I think so. I love the news. I don't know. It's, it's it's fantastic. Anyway, speaking of news, John Featherston joins us this week. John, how's it going? Gentlemen, how are you? Great. Thank you for coming on with us. Well, thanks for the invite. It's an honor. So, John, we, we have you on this week because we want to talk about Kirk's upcoming legal battle with the Supreme Court. But before that, um, how did you first get into Kirk Minahan? I followed Kirk on his days when he was on EEI on the weekends and immediately was uh, drawn to him. Uh, I've been quoted by saying that I think right now in broadcasting, he's the single most talented broadcaster. He can do everything out there. So I've just followed his career all along when he was working weekends on EEI. And of course, when he went to work with uh, John and Jerry in the morning, uh, I was an avid listener. And then when I found out that he had a relationship with my enemy, Bob Murchison, it made me love him even more. Can you go into that story a little bit? Because um, obviously Kirk's is, is um, well told, but but I'm not sure many people know your, your run-in with him. I got to know Bob Murchison uh, because in the town of Ashland, I was on the board of health, and Bob Murchison was going after Ashland and Sherburns because Ashland and Sherburns shared a health agent by the name of Mark Oram. And Murchison vowed to ruin... I don't know if we can swear, but uh, ruin Mark Oram's fucking life because Mark uh, denied him some sewer permits for the Peace Abbey that he was building. So Bob laid in the weeds for a couple years and tried to figure out a way to get back at Mark. And he then came up with a scheme of saying that Mark Oram was stealing time and money from both the towns of Shoreborn and Ashland. And at the time, I was the, uh, the chairman of the Board of Health, so uh, if you're going to go after one of my guys, you better make sure you have your ducks in a row. And Murchison didn't have his ducks in a row, and the Internal Affairs Division of the state of Massachusetts came back and found that Mark was innocent, and 
Murchison didn't like that, and he didn't like me standing up to him and calling him out in public. Uh, so, so immediately he then decided to target me and the rest of the board, and he actually hired somebody, my words, hired somebody to run for the Board of Health to kind of disrupt from inside. And the stress and strain of Murchison manipulating this one person actually caused a, another member of the board to have some serious health uh, ramifications from the stress of it. And she actually ended up uh, passing away. So, uh, you know, I don't have any respect for Bob Murchison. So when I found that uh, Bob was going after uh, EEI and specifically uh, Kirk and uh, Jerry, uh, I made it my mission to assist in any way that I could. <laughs> so this situation happened before Kirk's uh, situation? Before and, before and during. Before and during, oh, oh, yep. Okay. So that's just crazy. So And, 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 and still going on right now. And still going on right now. And so as, are you still involved in, in, in local politics, or have you stepped back? I'm no longer on the Board of Health in Ashland anymore, but I'm still, I'm still involved in po politics. I actually am a Governor Baker's appointee to the Housing Authority in Ashland, so I oversee the Housing Authority in Ashland. And actually, I actually hold a board position with uh, Mayor Curtitone on the uh, MAPC, <laughs> which is the Massachusetts Area Planning Council. So it's very weird how uh, Kirk's and Mai's associations kind of run parallel and uh, we didn't know each other before we, we knew about Murchison, but uh, Curtitone's been on my radar screen for many of years as well. So how long have you uh, had a, like, like a relationship with Kirk? Uh, I don't have a relationship with Kirk. That's, I think Kirk fair. and I work, yeah. I think Kirk and I work off of, uh, we have mutual respect for one another. Uh, we've been through a lot together uh, on different paths, but you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, you, 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 you must talk to Kirk all the time. I haven't talked to Kirk physically since Sacco. Now, have I texted him or direct messaged him a couple times? Sure, absolutely. But uh, you know, Kirk is a talented broadcaster. Uh, you know, uh, he just he doesn't hang out with you know people like me. So when uh, when when Kirk made his transition off of WEI when he was going through all this stuff, you still had a public access show. Or was it a radio show that you still had? Uh, I was, I was on the air. I had a morning show, uh, morning weekend show on WCRN, which is a 50,000 watt station based out of Worcester. Uh, and I was a very strong advocate of, of saying that, Hey, listen to everybody in the media. If, uh, they can do this to Kirk Minahan, they can do it to anybody. And, right. uh, Murchison took great exception to me calling him out on the radio on the weekends. And he basically did the same thing on a smaller scale with my station and threatened to go after advertisers if they kept me on the air. So uh, we had a mutual agreement that I would step aside and wouldn't do it any longer. So yeah, he targeted me at WCRN. He's targeted me at our local cable access station. Kirk came on, was gracious enough to do a segment with me on one of my uh, cable access shows. He took exception to that, called station management. Ma station management got scared because you know, here you have this wealthy, influential guy threatening to go after the station. So, you know, every twist and turn, you know, that anytime I say anything factual about him, he takes great exception and threatens people. So it, it, it never ends. You know, and I talk a lot about, because we have to talk about Joe Zarbano. Uh, right. Zarbano actually reached out to me 
and said, hey, could you come in and do a podcast with Kirk and talk about Murchison? Sure. What time do you need me there? You know, I dropped everything and went right in. And Kirk and I ended up doing a podcast that Intercom actually never aired because they were afraid of, of the ramifications. But Zarbano's the one who actually set it up. So it was very funny. I was at the White House for the Red Sox uh, ceremony uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And I literally am walking out of uh, the press office where you see all the press conferences every day at the White House. And I literally run into, physically run into Joe Zarbano. And he's like, what are you doing here? I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> and we ended up talking. And uh, he... I'll say it. He lied to me. He's like, you know, the reason why we scrapped your podcast is because Kirk lost interest in Murchison. Yeah, right. And I remember, I remember just looking him square in the eye and go, well, somebody's lying to me. And we both know it's not Kirk Minahan. And he goes, why? What do you mean? I said, Kirk told me the truth. And he goes, when did you talk to Kirk? And I said, a couple times I've talked to Kirk. Uh, and he's like, well, Kirk just lost interest and he moved on. And I said, Joe, we both know that's not the case. And, uh, Does that sound you, like Kirk Minahan? Ex- ex- exactly. And I said, you know, I understand, Joe. I understand because, you know, at that time I had been removed from the radio as well. I said, Joe, I get it. I understand that, you know, you, you've got to answer to the people upstairs. But, you know, I'd have a lot more respect if you said, hey, you know, David Field told me to, you know, back off. But instead you're going to lie to me and say that Kirk lost interest? Because Kirk hadn't lost interest. Because at that same time, I was talking to Jerry as well, going because Jerry was still on the air, and Murchison was still going after Jerry, Jerry Callahan. So, you know, I'm not saying that I talked to these guys regularly, but I knew what was going on. And I, then I actually even talked to Rob Bradford and said, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to get this guy, Murchison. And Rob's like, go get him. And I'm like, but what are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, we got your back. I'm like, nobody has yeah. nobody has my back, you know, because one, I'm a nobody, so nobody has my back. And two, are you kidding me? Like, you, you guys just, you guys want this problem to go away. And so your theory is, let's just ignore it. It'll go away. Yeah. Well, it didn't go away. And it still hasn't gone away. So that so. that podcast, did you end up, so you ended up recording that, but that po- that nothing came of that particular episode? Kirk and I uh, yeah. recorded recorded an episode. They never released it. That was when Kirk was doing uh, enough about right. me. So no, he Kirk doesn't have that anywhere, right? That's not uh, out there. Where has it, I guess I have it. Oh, damn! Have really? it. Will I it ever get released? Uh, I released message? it. I released it on Twitter, but uh, okay. that was oh, okay. So it is out quite there. some time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I All think right. I think if people take a step back and put two and two together, they'll figure out how I got it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't get it from. Oh, John, John went away. Oh no. Hold on. So, how did the idea for the vigil come about? Well, enough is enough. You know, enough is enough. Uh, you know, when we realized, you know, Intercom and EEI wasn't going to do anything, and they started, and Murchison started targeting, you know, Kirk at uh, Barstool. I mean, enough is enough. And like I said, he never stopped harassing people in Ashland. Uh, he went after a couple of different, you know, colleagues and friends of mine as well, too. So, I'm, you know, so finally, I, you know, in some chats, 
even with Kirk, I was like, you know, let's take it to him. Because originally, I had said to Zorbano, let's hold a vigil. Oh, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. And I said, why? Let's, let's hold something right in this town and let people know what's going on. So I had been thinking about it for well over a year. And then uh, when Kirk went to Barstool and Murchison started up again, I said, hey, let's, let's just take it right to him. And, uh, I th you know, I think it uh, was effective uh, at first, but uh, he's got a lot of time on his hands. So he's, yeah. <laughs> he's starting up again. Let's just put it that way. Um, how much work went into like actually organizing like the vigil in, in Sherborne? Yeah, I had to go in front of the board of selectmen. I used to be a selectman, so I kind of know the process and you know the procedures and the verbiage a little bit. But uh, I went in front of the selectmen, and much to my, I actually thought they were going to den deny my request because I, you know, when I put on like my selectman hat, I'm like, wait a minute. So a guy who doesn't live in town wants to come and mock a resident of the town that I represent. I, would have, I, I thought they were going to shoot me down. I really did. But I was just – I had a two-pronged approach to it. One, I knew that he would know that I went in front of the selectmen because he, he would hear about it, and it's all televised on local TV. Uh, and two, if I was successful, we'd be actually hold the vigil. Uh, so I looked at it as a double effect. Uh, and much to my surprise, they gave me an unanimous 5-0 to zero vote and said, yeah, you can hold the vigil. And it was under the first, you know, protecting free speech, you know. We were did, coming to free speech. did he try to get involved in that decision at all? Uh, he tried after I was successful in getting the permits. He then tried to question. Kirk had the idea of me performing a wedding ceremony. He tried to question if I was truly was a justice of the peace, which I am. And then he tried to question uh, with the town management that, you know, where we held the vigil. Uh, wasn't the appropriate place for it. But, I mean, I already had the permits. I already had the insurance binders. I already paid the police department, you know, for the police details. So he couldn't stop it at that point. I knew what I was doing. So during the vigil, there was, like, a lots of traffic. Was that just curiosity or was that – it was like a conspiracy theory that it was – he was behind it? Sh Shoreborn is a very wealthy, sleepy little town. Shoreborne has never had that much traffic on any given day. Now, I think a lot of people were driving by were friends of friends and uh, supporters of Kirk and fans of Barstool and, you know, Kirk from his EEI days. So I think there was a lot of curiosity. But I think he actually – I mean, we all know he stood down the street and right. watched the whole thing. So we, we all know that. Bob McStaddy, you want to get into the Mass Supreme Court case now? Absolutely. So for, I guess first things first, uh, John, did you see the, the briefings that were posted today? Oh, I absolutely did. Read, I read them, yep. <laughs> so what, can you give us so – we, we're dummies. I'm going to fully admit I didn't read them yet. Um, can you give us like the synopsis of, of Keratone's filing and then, and then what uh, Minahan and the ACLU said? Well, first, let, let's start with Curtitone. Is there a bigger idiot out there <laughs> than Curtitone? Uh, one, you know, in a weird – Curtitone is represented, first off, by Lenny Keston. Lenny Keston actually represented me at, when I was a selectman in a case uh, against a uh, police officer we had in the town of Ashland. And that police officer then eventually uh, threatened to kill me 
So I don't have a whole lot of respect for Lenny Keston as a uh, as an attorney in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if the best attorney that uh, Curtithone can come up with is Lenny Keston, uh, you know, good luck in court. I think uh, they'll be done real early on Monday in court. But you know, I mean, the fact that Curtithone is using resources and time because he got punked on a on a <laughs> phone call tells you a lot about Curtitone, doesn't it? I mean, come on. Okay, you got punked. You got, you know, get over it. But the fact that not once but twice he's taking this to court, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. I'm sorry, is that on the tax paradigm or is that on his, technically out of his pocket? You know, that's interesting. Uh, I put in a public records request. I can't get an answer on that and because they say it's a uh, open case, which – on a technicality, I would agree with them. It is an open case. But if the common sense tells me as a longtime uh, local official, he's using town resources or city resources, even just thinking about it or he's being distracted, he's not, t- he's not talking to Lenny Kesson at 7 o'clock at night. He's talking to Lenny Kesson during business hours when his job is to be running the city of uh, Somerville. So he is using town re- and city resources to do it. So. He'll sit there and say, you know, I, I paid for it out of this fund or his campaign fund, but, you know, he's not doing his job if he's fighting another case. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so, so you kind of said already, like the um, your predictions that that it's going to be over pretty quick on Monday. I would think so, wouldn't you? I, I uh, it, it's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, I'm looking at uh, Steve Robinson's tweets right now. Uh, you know, the ACLU is defending Kurt Minahan against Joe Curtitone. Now, think about that. Uh, I know. <laughs> the ACLU is defending Kirk Minahan. I think, you know, any you know any reasonable judge on the Supreme Court in Massachusetts is going to go, I think we're all set here. Uh, I know. He consented. You know, he's on tape consenting. I don't know. Like, Kirk, Kirk's, like, point from the beginning was, like, this would end journalism. And I think that's what the ACLU said. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, and you know, it, it's a it's a sensitive subject right now. But I mean, you have to protect journalism, and a good a good judge is you know going to say that yeah, you have to protect it. Uh, you you consented to the recording. You knew that you were being recorded because he disclosed it. Uh, did he? You know, did you maybe misunderstand what was going on here? You probably did, but you should have put a stop to it if you weren't perfectly clear. You know, in my many years of being in public service, I've had many newspapers or TV stations call me, and you know what the first words out of my mouth are? Hey, I'm real busy right now. Can I call you back in 15 minutes? I don't care if it's the Metro West Daily News, the Boston Herald, Channel 5, Channel 4. That's always your first response is, hey, you know, let me call. One, you want to get your thoughts together and your facts together. And two, you really want to find out who you're talking to, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the first rule of any elected official. Who am I talking to, and what are they going to ask me? It's and the fact the fact that Curtitone didn't do that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, you know, in in twenty twenty, well, I get not even it was twenty nineteen. In twenty nineteen, it's wild that Kirk Manhattan was even able to get the mayor of a city on the phone. Like like it should have been you know like like he did he pulled it together in like twenty five minutes probably. That that should have been like a three or four day process in like any city in America at this point. Absolutely. I agree. But see, that speaks to Curtitone's ego because Curtitone wanted to be, you know, I have an article written about him in the Boston Globe. You know, 
It's it's every liberal, uh, you know, politician's <laughs> dream to have the Boston Globe say something nice to about yeah. you. Especially, um, oh no, no, he he wouldn't have known it was about Minahan at the time. Oh no, no wait, no, yeah, no, no he, he no, he knew, yeah, that that no, he knew that. He knew that's he knew it was about yeah. Barstool because it yeah, started right. over the Barstool t- uh, towels. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he yeah he just was, he was hoping that he was going to be able to drag Barstool, but Let, let's even let's you know think about what I just said though. Even if it was Kevin Cullen, you know what where was his administrative assistant going? Well, what do you want to discuss with the mayor? You know maybe you could send over the questions first. You know a lot of times I I've told reporters like listen you know you, you know send over what you're looking for. Give me a little bit of background. I'll look for you. I'll put something together and I'll get back to you. You know and. I, I'm a selectman. I'm not even a mayor of a of a city, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it just it just speaks to his ego and his motive. He wanted the Boston Globe to highlight him because that's his ego. But it, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the Boston Globe either, though. I mean, that's something that no, he probably no. would have done, you know. <laughs> absolutely, so kind of worked and he to knew Kirk's that. advantage. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It was brilliantly mm. played by Kirk. So what's the worst case scenario? Let's just say it doesn't go the way we believe it's going to go. What what's the outcome then? Do they appeal it higher just to bust Curtitone's balls back, or well, well, you can't go any higher. But okay. I mean, of of course, uh, you know, Kirk would have it on right, or Kirk and you know, the the funny thing is the barstool. It's 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 Joe Curtitone versus barstool and another. <laughs> You know, it's so so they're going after Barstool because, you know, any good attorney is going to go after the person with deeper pockets, of course, which is Barstool uh, or, you know, make a bigger impact or a headline. But uh, I mean, Kirk and his team uh, would have the right to appeal as well because Curtitone had a right to appeal. Where where does that appeal go? It would go it would go back. It would go back to the same court and he could go through a appeal process. The only problem is is it would take time. It would take time and. You know, it's going to be on somebody's dime. You know, lawyers right. don't work for free, and you know, the most expensive thing in court is time. So, and but I, I heard. Well, the rumor was that he wasn't even asking for that much money, right? I think I think the top fine is like a thousand dollars, and like that's like or something like that. I okay. s- something very similar like that. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just this is just Curtitone's you know way of throwing a temper tantrum. You know, if he was your kid, you'd send him to his room, but instead, <laughs> you know. He's going to take it into the Supreme Court. The whole situation is just so. I, I know we said it a couple times. I just don't understand it. Like, like Kirk's accent is ridiculous. He, Cullen sounds like an asshole too, but he doesn't sound like that. Like how I just, he never thought for one second I might be getting fucked here. You know, he just was like, oh no, this is I'm. Everybody loves me. I'm Joe Curtitone. I'm taking down Barstool. Look at me. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's exactly, you know, but Curtitone, you know, like I said, I've known the mayor for a while. I, I serve on a board with them. Uh, back when he uh, spoke out against Sam Adams, I had the owner of Sam Adams, uh, Jim Cook, come on my radio program. And I actually, in the town of Ashland, uh, I'm also, I, at the time I was the chairman of the Republican Town Committee, I made Sam Adams the official beer of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of Ashland. And actually I had Jim Cook come on and uh, we did a whole little segment on it. So, I mean, Curtis Tone is just, you know, you know, sanctuary cities, bike lanes, mm-hmm. uh, you know. You see that in Providence, where are we from? Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, he's, you know, anything, he, you know, he's, you know, 
He's the, a liberal's liberal, and uh, he's got an ego. Uh, he's got a reputation, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually throws his hat in and tries to run for governor. If if Maura Healy doesn't, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all either. But uh, if I think if he loses this case, he won't have the courage to run for governor, though, because it'll be used against him by the media. I think. So um, how? So I mean, so I, Kirk needs to win on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, besides the obvious reason, why did the ACL? How did ACLU get involved? How do they get involved? Do you, do you know I the was, backstory on that? I honestly don't know the backstory. I was I was pleasantly surprised to see. Like I said, I, I saw one of Steve Robinson's tweets today, though too. Uh, but it's you know the reporters' committee for freedom of press. I mean, it's the freedom of the press. Mm. Uh, you know, this it's the foundation of this country: freedom of speech, the First Amendment. You know, if you didn't agree with what Kirk said on WEEI, and a lot of people maybe they didn't. I did. Mm. I agreed with him, and still do to this day. I agree with him. If you didn't like it. You had a real easy option. You could right. turn the station. If you don't like, you know, I'm pretty well known that I, I despise the Globe for their hypocrisy. Uh, if I don't like the Globe, I don't buy it. You know, I don't pay attention to it. I don't subscribe to it. Uh, I am a the one of the reasons why I really thought it was important to speak about what was happening to Kirk and the Murchison thing was just because if they can do it to Kirk Minahan, they can do it to you, they can do it to me. You know, if you didn't like the President of the United States, and I didn't like a lot of things that he did either, uh, but you know what? Twitter taking away his platform and not being having an ability to speak, that's wrong, I think. That's, you know, it's a strong mm -hmm. co core value of mine. I didn't agree with everything the guy did, didn't agree with everything the man said. But at night when I watch news, I watch news that I don't agree with because I want to make sure that I'm getting the true story. You know, I'll watch MSNBC or CNN just to find out what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem that we've lost in this society is that, you know, if you don't like it, turn, turn the station, turn it off. Right. And, uh, Kurt, you know, Kurt Atone, he thrives on that environment, though. He, you know, to play the victim, to play, you know, yeah. oh, you know. We're, the only way to do it is my way, and uh, that's why I think it's a, this is a this is a landmark case. It really is a landmark case because it it will be freedom of the press, free speech, and uh, you know I think it's going to have ram. This will be a, a case that you know other people will reference over the years. Uh, this is not this is not you know my words a punk mayor going after a media company. This is going to be First Amendment freedom of speech cases. You know going forward. Yeah, this is eventually going to get referred, like referenced in that case on like, well, Minahan v. Curtitone or whatever, Curtitone v. Minahan and like that kind of shit. Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah so are you surprised that Curtitone um, doesn't have a cabinet position on Biden's uh, presidency? No, because, I mean, <laughs> you know, I said, no, I, I'm, I'm not, no, uh, because, you know, I'm not surprised that Marty did because, you know, right. Marty Believe Walsh it. does because yeah. Marty played the game. You know, I'm not a big fan of either one of them. But, you know, at the end of the day, Marty Walsh, he's not that bright, but he's not a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> I can't say the same about Curtitone, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, our, our governor from uh, Rhode Island, she's going to get a, a point. Well, she's going to be secretary of, what is it, Commerce? or I think so, yeah, some shit so, like that. But I mean, she's she's an airhead too, and she hasn't done nothing for Rhode Island. But she's a fundraising powerhouse. She knows how to raise money. Uh, she was interviewed for that VP position, so so 
I guess it pays to to know people and be able to just raise funds and all that other good stuff. Well, you know, Marty Walsh is actually taking a pay cut to become the right. labor secretary. Yeah, I think right, right. said that, right? <clears throat> but uh, he'll make it up. He'll make it up in other ways, if you know what oh, I mean. Yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, believe. <laughs> well, I mean, according to Kirk, um, he definitely will will get his. <laughs> So you just talked a minute ago about about the Boston Globe. Where does your hatred for them come from? Where do I start? Patricia Smith, <laughs> Mike Barnacle, Kevin Cullen, Shirley Young, John Henry, and his manip. John, it doesn't get talked about enough because Murchison takes up rightfully so a lot of the air out of the room with the EEI piece. But let's not forget, John Henry went to Joe Zarbano went to David Field, the CEO of Intercom, and said, Kirk doesn't come back until the World Series is over because Kirk doesn't say nice things about the Red Sox. The guy who runs the largest newspaper in town then says, hey, I, you know, you guys broadcast my team. He kept Kirk off the air. If, you know, and that doesn't get enough play, I don't think. Uh, and it just yeah. shows that look at the numbers. I mean, it just... Boston Radio Watch, and I think you may have retweeted it as well, just the recent numbers that came out from WEI, they got beat out by 24-hour Christmas radio. So I guess they reap what they sow. Ridiculous. It's, it's, they... it's, I mean, granted, I mean, the, the baseball season last year was, you know, boring. Right. Uh, you know, the Patriots uh, had a down year, and, you know, and, you know radio executives are going to spin it and say, oh, the Red Sox weren't as good, and then we had COVID, and, you know, the Patriots weren't that good. We're going to bounce back. But, you know, the anchor that EEI has hanging around their neck, they've got the Red Sox for the next three years. <laughs> and, and, you know, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up a fan of the Big Red Machine. Uh, nobody is a bigger baseball fan than I. I watched almost zero baseball last year and have zero desire to turn it on this year. If you lost me as a baseball fan, you've lost your target audience. You know, I'm an older guy who loves baseball. Uh <laughs> You, what are EEI's ratings going to be this year on the Red Sox? And they've got three more years of that hanging around their neck. Uh, there's no saving EEI at this point. Mm. There's going to have to be a format. They're going to have to go national. They're going to have to yep. have ESPN yep. national syndication or something. I vaguely remember you um, protesting outside the Boston Globe. Can you remind me about that story? <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a protest. It was called having a little bit of fun. My friend uh, Matt Carano, his uh, – his number one hit, uh, Rape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in my many attempts to try to, uh, you know, have a conversation with Shirley, and that's truly what it was, is, uh, Shirley, is I would, a couple times when I was in the area, usually when I was going down by the State House or something, I'd stop by the Globe and see if, you know, she would meet with me. She never would meet with me. So I just said one day, let me go out in front of the Globe and uh, hold a sign about the Red Sox and the, and the hypocrisy of the Globes. And, uh, oh, I just happened to have my boombox with me. Let me play Carano's rape song out. And security was not happy that morning. Security was not happy. They quickly moved me on my way. But, yeah. How, how many? Speaking, sorry, speaking of oh, security, you, um, you're also, you also took place in, like, the, the uh, not, I don't want to say the attack, but, like, when you guys did the surveillance on EEI. And, and, oh, yeah, no, there was an attack. Blind Mike's foot got run over by Curtis. 
Blind, blind Mike's foot did get run over. You, you know when I realized how blind Mike was? When I pick him up at 3 o'clock in the morning and it's pitch dark. The guy can't see a thing. So. Uh, Poor Mike. He, he DMs me and says, hey, would you be able to help me out? You know, my first instinct to any, any minifan is, yeah, what do you need? Can you pick me up at 3 o'clock in the morning? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? But, you know, of course, yeah, I can pick you up. So, yeah, three times uh, we went out in, uh, at uh, EEI and uh, waited for the morning crew to come in. Uh, twice they did not come in because of COVID reasons. Uh, yeah. But mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Curtis did run over Mike's foot. I was there. I, I, uh, I was actually up the hill because uh, EEI is in a weird place that they've got, like, two entrances to the place. But to hear Mike's screams of when his foot got run over uh, is something I'll never forget in my head. Traumatized. Trauma, yes, very traumatized. Jermaine Wiggins was very nice. was very nice. Had nice things to say about Kirk and uh, had nice things to say about Blind Mike. But uh, the rest of them, no. <laughs> now, you know, it's kind of funny because when I did go into EEI, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's all kind of like weird – uh, Ken Laird couldn't have been nicer to me and was very anti-Murchison to my face. <clears throat> Chris Curtis was also very uh, uh, anti-Murchison because when I was on WCRN uh, during the election cycle for the president, and uh, I would have John Dennis on the show because John Dennis was an advocate for Jeff Deal, who was running for United States Senate against the Elizabeth Warren. So I would I would have John on. And uh, Curtis would reach out to me and like, hey, can you send me the audio and so forth? And uh, I was happy to oblige. Uh, and Lucy Burge actually used to do an entertainment report on my uh, cable show. So, you know, I, I had a lot of association. And everybody would tell me how bad Murchison was until you asked them to help you. And then, you know, they couldn't look at their shoes fast enough. So, What, what platform do you prefer Kirk on? The one he's on now, or do you miss him on WEEI? You know, I, I, I did message Kirk last week when he did his American Top 40 show. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I loved it. I, I loved it. Uh, and like I said, you know, people say, oh, there's Featherston, you know, kissing Minahan's ass again. You look at what, what he's done the past year, you know, the Cullen program. Mm -hmm. His his uh, OBGYN program, uh, <laughs> like you know, his American Top Forty program, and then his day to day. I think Kirk is best. I loved enough about me and his interview style. Uh, mm -hmm. His interview. Yes, I think he's a great. I think he's great at interviewing people. But if if I had to answer the question honestly, uh, I like Kirk the most on morning radio. Uh, but. Of course, you know, I've never missed a single second of any of the podcasts. I look forward to the podcast coming out. I actually kind of miss the five days a week, but I totally understand it. But, you know, and I'm not going to be surprised when his new uh, podcast comes out that it's going to be, you know, groundbreaking as well, too. So, How, Kirk, um, can do any, Kirk can do anything he wants because, you know, don't forget, he, was, he used to be on TV, too. He was great on TV as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, uh, what was that show? Early edition is that is that what he was Early on? Early edition, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so you, you talked about some of the special projects that he's worked on. Um, do you want how who came up with the idea for your commercial um, on on um, was it uh, on the Cullen on the Cullen program? Oh, on Cullen, Cullen yeah. Cullen, I I, could, I didn't know if it was that one or if it was on um, um, the the other radio program. What the oh the hammer? Jesus Christ, I couldn't remember the hammer. No, but isn't he great at that? 
Yeah, he's and, so great. And, and aren't you always pleasantly surprised by how great it is? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he's just great at it. But uh, no, that was that was all uh, Steve and uh, Kirk. That was all Steve. When I heard the first time I heard it was uh, when I was listening to the Cullen program. Yeah, it was, was uh, it was voiced by Breadline Callahan. I don't know it why I great. thought I, I don't know why I thought you did one of the commercials. Uh, no, yeah, I sure. haven't. No, I haven't done anything. No. Oh, I see. The, oh, the well, only thing I've ever done like on air you. air with Kirk was record the podcast that never aired. Yeah. Wow. Oh, gee. Oh, well, yeah. Honestly, because what was it? Was it uh, a Featherston and Minahan or? Something like that. Fe- Feathers, M- Minahan and Featherston Associates. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I thought it was great. I uh, really appreciated it. it. It meant a lot to me that uh, they took the time to do it. It it really meant a lot to me because uh, Murchison has really hurt me and he's really hurt Kirk and his family and he's hurt a lot of my, my friends as well. So it, it meant a lot to me. It really did. So, in regards to that, what's next? Is there any is there any vigils planned? Uh, I know in the, that Saco you had discussed, you had we're thinking about doing something. Mm-hmm. Is, is 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 there anything coming up, or do we have anything to look forward to? We had we had some preliminary talks after Saco, uh, and then some you know some stuff happened after right. Saco. Uh, but uh, Kirk knows I'm just a single text away, and uh, <laughs> we'll get something going. You know, we'll get something going. You know, Merchantson's not going to go away. So right. he's always he's always going to be there. Uh, but it, you know, I also think it's good. Uh, you know, you can still see that he hurts him. But you know, Kirk's Kirk's doing a real good job with with dealing with it lately, though too. So, the, and and that makes me happy for Kirk the person, not not the Kirk the entertainer. Because at the end of the day, and unless you've gone through it, people really can't understand. The effect that he's had on a couple people's lives, and you know, I'm not trying to be dramatic because I'm not a dramatic guy, but uh, the guy can wear you out, man. <laughs> I mean, so what do you guys think of uh, going to three days a week in the new the new uh, crime podcast? Uh, selfishly, I mean, uh, you always want him. You want as much Kirk as you can have, you know. But if the three days a week, and then you get the one day a week of the secret project, that's still better than having nothing at all. So. And he's given us. It's not like he's given us one-hour episodes either. He's been giving us no. about you know two two hours of of good quality content. I, I think recently you know these three days have have been really good. I, there hasn't been a bad episode. I mean the, the other you know. So it's been some good stuff, and I'm excited yeah. for the secret project. Bag of carcass much, was how, like. A, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was gonna say, how much would you pay to see Kirk in a prison? Questioning <laughs> I know. people behind bars. How much would you? Yeah. I would pay a lot of money to see that. I yeah, I, I, I mean, talk I, about doing a live show. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that and just just what he's saying he's doing in like in like Wahala or whatever. Like that kind of like I just I he's he must be so great at it. You know what I mean? I, he's it, it's I can't wait to see what the secret project becomes. Obviously, like I'm yeah, I'm much like the same as you guys. I I kind of wish that the show was still five days a week, but. I always kind of go back to there was a long period of time where we had no Kirk Minahan content, so to have right. three days a week, like I can put up with that for a little bit. And the way they're dropping it now is uh, is a lot more user friendly, I think, too, for people too. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is very nice to have it in the morning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I appreciate that. Oh, they're gonna take calls in thirty minutes. It's perfect timing. Um, do you have any questions for us? Really. You know, I mean, I just always have to know because you know I'm a I'm a big supporter of all the Minna fans. I mean, how'd you guys become Minna fans? 
Buddy, you want to go first? Oh, I'd love to go first. Um, <laughs> so uh, I just like found EEI by accident, like in college, just waiting in between classes. And um, so that, that, but that was that was a little bit before Kirk. Um, but I, I, the first time I heard Kirk was um, on D and C when when he still was kind of like in in like the meter like role where he didn't have too too much of a role. And just remember that he was so f- I could, I could just remember thinking like how great this dude was, you know what I mean? And then finally he got a bigger role around like like um, about a year later he kind of started to break out. And um, that then during the flake gate, that's when I got like hooked. I'm like this dude's fucking a lecture. They were just bot- they, when they were doing their whack control stuff. They were just fucking, you know what I mean? I was like, I was mm-hmm. like this is what you want, you know? But. Yeah. Um, well, I was in a, I was still in the military when Kirk was hitting his peak. I think so. I was up in upstate New York at the time so i always i knew of kurt because i always followed boston sports i used to listen to eei before i joined the military but so when i got out this whole was he was still there but i was an afternoon drive because that's when i was working was in the afternoon so i never got to listen to him in the morning but he was always in the my peripheral and i knew about him and then when all this murchison stuff was going on it kind of fired me up and i started following him a little bit and then once he made his transition to boston i've been hooked ever since so before we wrap this up, where do you see the Kirk Minahan show in like a year from now, two years from now? Uh, I will. I've already said it. Uh, mm-hmm. His true crime uh, podcast will change the industry, and I think it'll be very, very successful. And I would be disappointed, but not surprised, if the Kirk Minahan show, as we all know and love it, uh, probably goes away. Ooh. He's He's too talented to uh, to be tied down to like one thing. I think, and too I, talented I think to it's, work this hard. Well, it, <laughs> I think you might be right. I think that's an accurate statement as well, and that's a compliment to him. Is mm-hmm. that uh, he can do anything? I mean, like we said, we, he can do radio, he can do TV. Don't forget, you know, he, he's a writer as well. Uh, so he'll move on to something bigger, uh, more, you know, and and, ho- and hopefully that he, might, you know, hey. We're all Mena fans, and we all love the Mena fan world. But hey, let's face it—you know, Kirk is actively involved in his community, and sometimes his community doesn't give as much as he gives us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it, 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 I, I understand why it can be exhausting for him and tiresome for him. Uh, you know, he provide. You know, last I checked, nobody ever paid for a Kirk Minahan podcast. You know, Kirk yes, is the sir. first person to say, "If you don't want to buy the merchandise, don't buy the merchandise." Yet he gives us his he gives us his product for free every day, and people still bitch about it. So, <laughs> it is it, it's frustrating for me as a big fan of Kirk's to see that. So I can only imagine what how it, it riles him up as well. Final question from us: What do you think's the fi- the vote on Monday? Seven zero six one. It's Massachusetts, so there'll be some <laughs> dissenting uh, voice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm predicting a uh, Barstool and Minahan victory on Monday, yeah. But I would, I would be shocked if it was unanimous, yeah. It, um, it, they, might just, they might just throw it out on its merits right there, too. So be interesting to see. I know. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I said anything it. else? Oh, I think we we covered as much as we could cover it. <laughs> well, guys, I got to I got I to be serious. You get, you know, you guys are doing a great thing. Uh, you guys, you know, the, the shows are great. Uh, the men fans appreciate it and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, John. Thanks for coming yep. on. Our biggest oh, guest thank here. You.